We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cause we be. found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that we can cut with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we meet to talk cults, fringe religious groups and new religious movements from around the world. Yes, please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners as it will contain strong language. And uh, surprisingly enough for me, there are no other content warnings today. There is nothing gory. Uh, There might be mentions of some bad shit, but like no actual talking about any bad shit that's going to happen. I'm that sorry, I used later. up all the content warnings in our previous episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was none left. We need time for the content warnings to replenish. Um, we don't, we don't. Uh, so as you have seen by when you clicked on this podcast to listen to it, we're going to start our series on the Jehovah's Witnesses. This is very um, exciting, Sam. We've been talking about this for a long time. A very long time. Um, we love hearing from you so if you have experience of or with the Jehovah's Witnesses please feel free to get in touch um, anonymously as you like coffeeandcults at gmail.com or you can message us on our various uh, social media platforms and thank you to the people who have done that before uh, now who've given us already some information um, and Mm -hmm. sort of very kindly shared their experiences um, as soon as we said we were going to do this yes yeah absolutely thank you to you folks um so this first episode is going to be, uh, we know this is going to be a series, so I thought we'd hit hit the boring stuff first. So hold on to your don't hats. T- don't tell them that at the start of a podcast. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. Te- tease it a bit. Tease it a bit. Uh, oh, maybe it will be boring and maybe it won't. <laughs> it won't be. It won't be, I promise. Um, oh, what's, what's that I can hear in my headphones? It's the sound of thousands of listeners switching off stay with us listeners stay with, stay us. with us wait there's one more thing uh, so to start with um the jehovah's witnesses are currently an an active religion in the world um our podcast is called coffee and cults however we are not indicating that the jehovah's witnesses are a cult to back that up i've got some evidence from the jehovah's witnesses own website in their faq section it says are jehovah's witnesses a cult and their answer is no Jehovah's Witnesses are not a cult. Rather, we are Christians who do our best to follow the example set by Jesus Christ and to live by our teachings. What is a cult? Some think of a cult as being a new or unorthodox religion. Jehovah's Witnesses have not invented a new religion. On the contrary, we pattern our worship after that of the first century Christians, whose example and teachings were recorded in the Bible. Blah, 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 blah. Some think of a cult as being a dangerous religious sect with a human leader. I would like you to bear this part in mind. Jehovah's Witnesses do not look to any human as their leader. Rather, we adhere to the standard that Jesus set for his followers when he stated, your leader is one, the Christ. So they say they do not have a human leader. Let's bear that in mind as we talk about some human leaders of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, and the ways in which some people allege that they border on cult-like or high-control group behaviour. Yeah! Our Um, lawyers have instructed us to say. (laughs) So we're going to be doing a little bit of time travelling in this episode. Uh, um, We're going to be talking about schisms. (laughs) 
I've written the word schism so many times because I really like it. Schisms. I feel like that would be a good name for like a puppy. Like, oh, schisms. Oh, little schisms. That would <laughs> They would be like... Uh, maybe like black and white but their white stripe was right in the middle oh so that God, it like divided yes. the dog in half <gasps> i'm Ooh. loving this imaginary dog we're creating Sam. that's when we uh eventually move in together let's get that dog let's and only that dog. that dog um and uh so we're going to be talking like origins there's going to be lots of dates and names but we're seeing where this all began so setting some context for what we're going to be talking about as our jehovah's witnesses episodes unfold and it's worth saying Sam and I have partly wanted to do this because we live, as many people do, in a town centre where you see Jehovah's Witnesses a lot. And there is something mm -hmm. like, am I remembering this right, Sam? There's like five, they've got five buildings or churches like immediately yeah. around the two towns that we live in. Yeah, yes, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like when I go to the doctors where I live, just like I could park my car and go into the doctors or I could walk into a kingdom hall of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like and as well as seeing them regularly handing out information and Bibles and things, which we still haven't been able to engage yeah. with because they've stopped doing that, thankfully, during COVID. But mm -hmm. we might do that while this series goes on. Sorry, Sam, I realise I'm I'm diverting away for a minute. That's but okay. did I tell you about this piece of mail that I received? You did tell me. So John received. Uh, would you like to share it now or would you like to share it when we talk about how they minister? Ooh, I don't know. Should we, should we save it maybe? I think we should save it until we talk about because this episode we're not really going to talk about the ministry, but we're going to mm. get in. We will get into that. So we'll. I'll just tease this um, Patreon. Ooh. You can see this. Yeah, Patreon. Um, this is probably just for you. I'll probably cut out all this bit. Cool. Um, yeah, we have received some mail here at Coffee and Cults headquarters that, uh, um, that I think, frankly, is inviting hey John, us. One sec. Just put it down. Just because it's got your address on it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, you'll have to cut that out of the Patreon as well, then. Yeah, we'll have At to. At least learn when how I held that. it up. Um, okay, but this is the one bit that I might say yeah. um, that might work in both episodes. I'll put it down. <laughs> 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 so carried away with what a good visual that was. Um, Jesus. Um, we've seen the, them around handing out material, but also recently um, here at. Uh, John's house at um, one of the Coffee and Cults headquarters, we received a bit of uh, literature in the post, which we'll talk about more in a future episode when we talk about how they spread their ideas, um, Sam. But the, the short version for now is it invited us to learn about and explore the ideas of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And that is exactly what we are doing. So yeah. if you're listening from the um, Jehovah's Witnesses you asked us to mm -hmm. research you and see what we thought, and that's, that's what, what we've done. Exactly. Um, so my research has come from uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica. I forgot the name of it then. The Encyclopedia Britannica, um, a article written by J. Gordon Melton, and from Wikipedia and from uh, JW.org, the Jehovah's Witnesses' own website. Okay? Beautiful. Ready for our first bit of time traveling? Play the in the 1830s. William Miller predicted that Christ will return in 1843 or 1844. You might have heard of William Miller before because he's uh, the founder of the Millerites. So all the followers of of William Miller, Millerites. 
Ah, cool. That does vaguely ring a bell. I'm also picturing him, though, Sam. This is just how my brain works as Windy Miller from <laughs> children's TV. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now I am as well. Excellent. Um, so uh, Christ, unfortunately, didn't return in 1843 or 1844. Hold up. What? I know. I'm sorry to break it to you now. Spoiler. Um, and this was known amongst Millerites as the Great Disappointment. In brackets, I've written chapter in my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Title of my sex tape. Yeah. Uh, you never say that, do you? You never go, oh, this disappointment is so great. This is such a great disappointment. Um, so this great disappointment caused Adventists. So uh, these are all like Advent. So it's like Millerites, Seventh-day Adventists, they, okay. the Adventist uh, strands of religion. Uh, so this disappointment caused a whole bunch of different uh, factions to form from Millerites. So there was this one group of these people, and then this disappointment made them made, made them fracture. So we we come out with Seventh Day Adventists, Seventh Day Church of God, First Day Adventists, Evangelical Adventist Church, Advent Christian Church, Life and Advent Union, Age to Come Adventists, Church of the God of the Abrahamic Faith, Spiritualizer Ooh. Adventists, and Christadelphians, Shepherd's Rod, Davidian Seventh Day Adventist Association, Branch Davidians. True and Free Adventists, Church of the Blessed Hope. There were more. I thought that was long enough for a list. I think there's a missed opportunity in that there aren't second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day and sixth day Adventists. I'd never heard of first day Adventists, no, I haven't. though. Maybe that means just Sunday's the first day of the week for them. Oh, maybe. I bet it is something boring and technical like that. Maybe. I didn't research it because I was too busy learning about Jehovah's Witnesses. Whoa. Yeah. So um, as part of this like fracture, in 1872, a man named Charles Taze Russell started a Bible study class in his home in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and this was called the International Bible Students Association. So Russell's main thing was like he... Sorry. Was it international straight away or is that like a bold name for your study group in Pittsburgh? It is a bold name. So, you know, where um, uh, like last episode we were talking about that Galactic Association. It's that, it's that same thing. Just on a, a micro scale, I guess, if it's only international rather than galactic. We love you, Pittsburgh. You are of international importance, but that seems like a funny name for, a, for your local Bible group. Oh, but it's like the um, World Series, isn't it? Like, well, that's just America. It's not the world. Anyway, uh, um, so Russell's main thing was he didn't believe in hell as a place of eternal torment. Uh, he just didn't think it, it existed. Um, and he also denied the divinity of Jesus. So his he didn't believe in the in the triad and the holy triad, just in God and the Holy Spirit. But he believed that Jesus was real, but not divine like God. OK, all right. Yeah. And he said a couple of years later like oh hey guys you you missed it like christ has already come the second time in christ Pittsburgh. happened in in 1874 um but it was an invisible an invisible second coming of christ oh, so, oh no that's so disappointing <laughs> yeah so like what i couldn't work out was whether he'd um like how someone might leave a party invisibly like they're physically visible, but they just slope mm -hmm. away. So like, is Jesus just like some accountant in Pittsburgh? Or was he actually like a regular guy, but just invisible? <laughs> so like, what? hi guys, why can't you see me? Wandering around like the fucking predator. <laughs> yes. <the> streets of Pittsburgh. <laughs> 
just like filling up glasses of wine and turning bread into lots more bread. I don't know. That's bizarre, isn't it? It's a bit like, um, was that the, well, one of the groups we did way, way back where they thought she was going to give birth to the new Jesus. And then they went, oh, it was just a spiritual birth. She just like birthed the invisible force of Jesus in rather than actually. Uh, Yeah. Oh, burped, 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 burped the invisible form of... Uh, burped horrible. the invisible form oh, of... Uh, is a good callback yeah. to uh, universal medicine and their yeah. burp demons. So Burping. it all links up eventually, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, so this second coming of Christ signalled the end of society as they knew it, and Jesus would decide to become visible in 1914 and establish the millennial kingdom on Earth. Sweet. I can't help but think he missed a trick in going pre-millennium for the millennial kingdom. <laughs> like you could have gone, oh, you know, the year 2000, that's a millennium date. Also, what was Jesus doing for 47 years as an invisible person on earth? Uh, it's just 40, I think by maths, is it? Yeah, that's maths. 40 years. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 1874. Uh, well, I guess like he wasn't Jesus like no one until he was thirty-two. Oh, so he was, he was as a he was an invisible baby and then grow, get, doing preschool and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, then secondary school, sixth form, then a few years working in the dockyard and then. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so Russell's got this group of um, Bible study students. Uh, they all really like him. They think he's wicked. Um, and so they form in, in 1881. So after like 10 years or so of, of being Bible students together, they form a business called uh, Zion's Watchtower Tract Society. Mm. Um, William Henry Connolly, who was an industrialist, was the president. And uh, Charles Taze Russell was the secretary treasurer. The role of this business was just to distribute pamphlets and writings of Charles Taze Russell. Okay. So all his, yeah. Oh I, oh, I left it in the car. I got given a lovely God leaflet the other day and I was so pleased. We'll compare leaflets next time we talk about the JWs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 1884, so three years later, uh, Connolly stops being president of this uh, tract society and Russell becomes the president. And at this point, the business is also incorporated. So it's it's like operating model. It's um like... Uh, share structure and everything like that was that anyone subscribing to $10 or more of the society's Old Testament tracts or donating $10 or more bought a voting share. So $10 gave you one voting share in, in the board of the company. This is like biblical Patreon, isn't it? It's exactly, yeah, exactly like biblical Patreon. Um, however, in dividing up this business, Russell had, had divided it so that he and his wife Maria had 58% of the voting shares at a value of $10 per voting share. So therefore they had the final control over it. Just everyone else got to have a, have a bit of a say. However, as the group grew and got more popular and more people wanted to donate money to this thing, their uh, share was diluted and so then became less than half. So he lost his like controlling share in it. Um, I think I've got my first totally chill thing for a religious leader to say. Amazing. Sort of chill. Yeah. Uh, Zion's Watchtower Tract Society is not a religious society in the ordinary meaning of this term. 
He also stated, this is a business association merely. It has no creed or confession. It is merely a business convenience in disseminating the truth. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, in September of 1986, they uh, knocked the Zion off their name, so changed to Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. In uh, 1908, we are jumping forward in time. This is a timeline. We're not going. We're not going detail granular uh, in this. Uh, in 1908, uh, oh, hang on, 1907. No, it's, I just saw an earlier date in my notes a bit later, but it's fine. Um, so when new directors were appointed to the to the board, Russell had them write a resignation letter. So that when the time came for them to not be directors, he could just fill in the date of their resignation letter, which is Again, very totally Scientology. Chill. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Like writing confessions and things. And very Nexium as well. A very Nexium. So this this bit gets a bit twisty in time, but stick with me because I've, I've made sense of it, I think. So in 1908, his wife Maria requests a divorce which is granted, she's granted a limited divorce. I didn't research more of what that meant. In 1909, Russell decides he wants to move to New York. He wants to move the business from, from Pennsylvania to New York. To the Big Apple. Also in 1909, Maria has returned to ask for more alimony payments, which Russell wanted to refuse. So it's unclear whether the move to New York was separate to or was so that he could remove all his assets from Pittsburgh and uh, therefore not have okay. to pay her any more money because in the move he could just smoosh it all into the watchtower and then say, no, I haven't got anything, all my money's in this business. But either way... Smoosh it all into the watchtower title of your sex tape. Oh! <laughs> and it's just along to uh, the Hendrix all along the watchtower song. Um so either way, he, uh, Taze Russell had spoken to his legal counsel, a man named Joseph Franklin Rutherford, um, who had, so Rutherford says like, no, like we can't just move the business from Pittsburgh because it's incorporated in Pittsburgh. So we're going to have to make a new corporation in New York, um, which is called the People's, oh, People's Pulpit Association. Um, in like in all but name it was just the watchtower yeah. um but so the money like all the same letterheads and everything it was just registered under a different business okay i promised and along with this move to new york the first schism happens a schism and <sighs> <laughs> um, so this bit is all about uh the new covenant which is the new age that christ will bring when he comes back to earth okay as far as i understand so this is really hard this is like i am not a biblical scholar if you hadn't worked that out after all these many episodes practically someone if any universities want to give us honorary doctorates in, <laughs> um, in religion or university. cults or whatever please it, uh coffeeandcults at gmail.com please do get in touch <laughs> so right until 1880 so before the start of the watchtower part of things mm -hmm. when it was still just bible students russell had been teaching that the new covenant would happen after the 144,000 anointed had been taken to heaven um listeners if you're unclear about that there is a whole thing where like basically it, 
the number of people that God brings to heaven is 144,000. It's talked about in a lot of cults as a like a, a, group, a way to like, you need to be part of this number of people. And it's extrapolated from something in Revelation, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I don't think it explicitly in the Bible says, hey, guys, this is the take a raffle ticket. This is the number. But there's something yeah. that is that implies that that number is significant in. the number Yeah, of that they will then be the rulers of heaven with Jesus or something. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. It's lies, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but since 1881, so up until 1880, he was saying this. And since 1881, when he was starting to get more followers, he was saying that this was already in force. So the new covenant was already starting to happen, even though the 144 hadn't been anointed and taken to heaven yet. Okay. And then in 1907, he'd gone back to saying, no, actually, it's going to happen after. Okay. So you've got to come join me. Yeah, it's it's hard to recruit if you've said that the if capacity it, for heaven is already full, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so he, right, so then in the, the Melbourne chapter of the Watchtower, so this is like spreading and spreading and spreading. Um, but in the Melbourne chapter of the Watchtower, uh, the secretary treasurer, Ernest C. Henninges, I'm going to say that's his name. Sorry, Ernest. Um, he wrote an open letter to Russell to try and get him to reconsider this position because they he joined in the 1880s period when when he believed that it, it was happening. It wasn't coming to oh, happen. Okay. Um, but Russell was like, no, this is this is what I'm saying. So this caused the schism oh. um, where the, the basically the Melbourne congregation left they formed a thing called the New Covenant Fellowship um, and hundreds of the 10,000 followers in the US left as well. And oh, they wow. formed the Free Bible Students. So, lots. so many groups. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. It's, yeah, like a big uh, family tree of yeah. religions. So the next big um, move and shake happened in the Jehovah's Witness timeline after Russell died. So he died on Halloween. Spooky. Spooky. Snoopy. So spooky. Yeah. Uh, in 1916, he was in Texas uh, during a preaching trip. Um, and then kind of three months went past where they were like, huh, who's going to be the leader of the Watchtower? Uh, it was um, Rutherford was the person that was... Uh, elected to be to be the president now so he put in some new rules where basically the the vote the votes happened but the the decision always went back to the president so the president was in charge of absolutely everything worldwide and that is a good system where people get to vote and then you decide to do what you want to do anyway well sounds it's like a trump move isn't it Four of the seven, so at the time there were seven directors of the Watchtower Society. Four of them decided that he was being too, he was being autocratic. They didn't want to, mm. they didn't want to go along with it. Um, he then accused them of a conspiracy to seize control from him. These four directors were kicked out. And I'm not clear whether that was a, by the resignation letters or not. Mm, Maybe. Okay, Let's yeah. allege that it is. Um, and I then love alleging stuff. And then four more directors were appointed. And then these, the rejected directors were pro uh, publishing all these leaflets like, don't listen to Rutherford, he's a baddie. There's wow. a lot of leaflet wars. You just don't, this is one of those, and I guess it's good for the environment, right? But you just don't get as many leaflets and pamphlets as you used to. It's, no. It's a shame, right? 
and the, there's a lovely poem called I think it's called Dangerous Pockets, um, <clears throat> where it's about how like one of the I, I'm misquoting this lovely poem uh, awfully, but saying how um, women's pockets were removed from clothes so we couldn't carry seditious. Oh yeah, leaflets. that's true. Supposedly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Goodness. Carry seditious leaflets. So more things that make, that will make you go ooh happened um in may of 1918 think about what's going on in the world at this sort of time 1914 was the start of uh, the first world war ever heard of it no no <laughs> yeah. explain that quickly sam just explain that to <laughs> so me so there was the a franz ferdinand got assassinated and uh, anyway uh, some people got shot you were just impressed at my history knowledge then, weren't you? He raised his eyebrows in a way that was like, Sam had a fact. You, no, you just so confidently went into it. I thought you were really <laughs> going to commit to... I did A-levels. Anyway, so May of 1918, Rutherford and seven other leaders of the Watchtower were arrested on charges of sedition under the Espionage Act. And they were sentenced in June of that year to 20 years imprisonment. Whoa. So it was for um, refusal of duty to enlistment in the mm. army um, as they were trying to conscript I see. people. Um, they were released in 1919 after being found to have been wrongfully convicted. And then the charges were completely wiped from their records in May of 1920. Oh, interesting. By mid-1919, some more schisms had happened. Schisms. schisms. Uh, so one in seven, when, when all this like Rutherford shit was going on with the um, conspiracy theory, etc., mm -hmm. one in seven members left to form the Stand Fast Movement, Paul Johnson Movement, Dawn Bible Students Association, Pastoral Bible Institute of Brooklyn, Elijah Voice Movement, Eagle Society. Maybe I'll do a count at the end of how many groups I listed. Yeah. This is extensive. Also, some of them great names, some of them terrible names for a group. Yeah. Like you would, if you had the choice between the Paul Johnson movement, which sounds like something a nurse would say, like Paul Johnson's had a movement. Can you collect it, the sample? It sounds like, like a 70s um, funk band. Or you could go and join the Eagle Society. Oh, there's a fly. The Eagle Society. Yeah, I'm I definitely joining the Eagle Society. Yeah, you're right. Wait, let's, let's find out what that group does before we say that, shall we? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean like a society called that, not specifically this one. Um, in later years, the Jehovah's Witnesses would describe the people that left during this Rutherford conspiracy stuff as uh, the evil slave of Matthew 24 to 40, wait, 24, 49 to 51. So the section that says, like, uh, if a slave is bad, the slave's master will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where they will where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Oh, scary. <laughs> I was being the weeping while you were being the gnashing. Um, teamwork. And then, and then I put, is that a totally chill thing for a prophet to say? Yeah, that's a bit full on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, effectively, like, it was the, the passage is like, if a, if, if a, uh, I'm sorry to keep using this word, is what's in the Bible, but if a slave gets, like, above themselves and starts beating the other slaves, that is what the slave's master will do to it. So yeah. in this situation, it's it, 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 the Jehovah's Witnesses are calling it themselves the master. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. Um, so this like post-1920s era is when it starts moving from being a business. 
whose role was literally just like publishing stuff, publishing leaflets and literature to a religious society, which is something that Russell had explicitly not intended. As I said earlier, like the quote from him where it was very clear that it was a business to him. Uh, so in 1931, Rutherford changes the group's name to the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh. There we go. Um, and this is intended to show the members' belief that Jehovah or Yahweh is the true God and the witnesses were those chosen followers. Okay. In that time, they, you know, their methods haven't changed all that much um, in that they would go with portable phonographs to street corners and play Rutherford's sermons. Oh, wow. Which is not something I expected to read. No, that would be terrible if that happened now, right? If, like, alongside the buskers in town, you also got, like, religious busking. Well, you do kind of, don't you? You get the folks wearing the A-boards and... Oh, that's true. Again, I haven't, again, I guess because of COVID, I haven't seen them uh, around for a while. Oh, I had... I did recently, I was on my lunch break, I was walking back from the coffee shop and I was wearing some, wait, this will become clear, um, but the person said into the loudspeaker, God is coming for you, God is watching you, and I turned around and I said, even me, and he went into the loudspeaker, yes, you lady in the pink trousers, God is watching you, and I was like, okay, now I know, because he described my trousers so accurately. <laughs> What I would have loved if he if he'd gone. No. Even you, Samantha Lund. <laughs> <laughs> Date of birth, ninth of the eighth. <laughs> Secret thought you've never said out loud. Yeah, that yeah. would have been your bra sizes. No. <laughs> um, that God, would have been really would be, upsetting. Yeah, yeah. I know you're right. There is sort of that, but not people like playing. Um, no. Messages and tracks. That's crazy. I mean. Imp I don't know why I'm being coy again. We've said now where we live in Plymouth um, <laughs> city centre at the moment. There's a real tradition for tuneless buskers. Yeah. Or like, like electronic, um, like with a keyboard and one person with one drum just going doom, doom, doom. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's that as well. But there have been a few people who, who cannot sing, who are tone deaf, oh. um, confidently singing over backing tracks to Maybe the pain of everyone around them. Maybe it's like one of those um, Ant and Deck hidden camera shows. <laughs> Maybe, but I've like there was a couple of days where, yeah, yeah all of them. One of them was um, was trying to sing "Feeling Good" by Muse, which no one should really attempt to sing if they can't oh. sing well, and it was so bad, so bad. Anyway, sorry. Interesting. But that must have cost them quite a lot at the time, right? To have yeah, I guess so. The kit to do that and dish yeah. them out. So in 1938, Rutherford coins the term theocracy to describe the hierarchical leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, no. Uh, yep. And uh, they appoint um, zone servants in, in different localities to supervise the congregation to make sure that they were going along with Rutherford's rules so they would mm -hmm. report back to him. Uh, Rutherford, in 1942, died from death i don't know i didn't write down why died he from died. death oh, yeah tragic when that happens um and he was succeeded in presidency by nathan h core wait nor knorr k-n-o-r-r nor nor yeah uh nathan he brought in uh, major changes in the 35 years he was president so for the first time members were asked to evangelize wherever possible 
So preaching about the kingdom of God, they were sending missionaries to places which they weren't doing before. Mm. Um, they were training teachers for public worship. Uh, and the quote it was, uh, to, go, to go to all the world publicly and from house to house to preach Bible truths to persons willing to listen by leaving with such persons said literature and by conducting Bible studies thereon. Wow. So it is sort of reasonably close to the start. That's a primary part of their mm -hmm. mission once this guy's in control. Interesting. Yeah. And and this mission for um for the mission wait, the the goal for the missionaries was to improve people mentally and morally by instruction on the Bible and incidental scientific, historical and literary subjects, to establish and maintain Bible schools and to arrange for and hold local and worldwide assemblies for the worship of Almighty God and Jesus Christ. Wow. So everything else about the business slash religion structure has uh kind of been the same since it was started so with mm. this $10 voting share and everything like that so one of his other amendments were to get rid of this voting share there's no longer you no longer get a voting share for your $10 you've just contributed $10 to the okay. cause to the movement um now the only people that could hold a voting share were here is a long quote only men who are mature, active and faithful witnesses of Jehovah devoting full time to performance of one or more of its chartered purposes or such men who are devoting part time as active presiding ministers or servants of congregations of Jehovah's Witnesses. Cool. Yeah. The, the thing said that um, a man who is found to be in harmony with the purposes of the society and who possesses the above qualifications may be elected as a member upon, upon being nominated by a member, director or officer or upon written application to the president or secretary. Okay. Such members shall be elected upon finding the board of directors that he possesses the necessary qualifications and by receiving a majority vote of the members. Oh, it all sounds a bit convoluted, doesn't it? For... Yes, just like a really uh, long winded way of saying like, we pick you, we'll pick, yeah. we'll pick you. It also, this, all these um, amendments that he made brought in the clause providing for the suspension or expulsion of a member for willfully violating the society's rules. Some might know this now as disfellowshipping. Mm. Um, the quote was uh, becoming out of harmony with any of the society's purposes or any of its work or for willful conduct prejudicial to the best interests of the society and contrary to his duties as a member or ceasing to be a full time servant of the society or a part time servant of a congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, wow. OK. Uh, he also changed the term of membership for the directorship board. So previously, when you paid your $10, you had a vote for life on the on that board. Okay. Whereas now the maximum term for that membership was three years, and then they, you must be re-elected back to that membership. Okay. Um, so next kind of... Oh, we're getting towards the end. I've gone through this quite quickly. That's okay, isn't it? That's we're fine. just doing history. Um, this fucking fly listeners there's been a fly around me I don't know if you um, if you're on Patreon you would have seen me like waving my arms if if that doesn't encourage people to sign up Sam nothing will join our Patreon for one pound a month watch me wave my arms ooh Ugh. like that see it was a fly <laughs> I mean that was entertaining that I wasn't choreographed <laughs> Uh, so from uh, 1944, the Jehovah's Witnesses appointed what they called a governing body. So this was separate to the board of directors. 
sort of at that time it was still just part of all the same thing it separates a bit later mm -hmm. so these elders are going to be the regulators of the jehovah's witnesses so looking at like the day-to-day -day sort of stuff but the doctrine or their beliefs and stuff still went back to the president themselves okay. for their final sign-off um these folks are working really hard because they're uh, writing a new translation of the bible so in 1950 the new world translation of the bible is published interesting mm. in 1976 some organizational changes meant that the power of the governing body increased and the presidents decreased so this one solo person is starting to get less and less powerful okay. um frederick william franz who was a big part in the in the writing and the publication of the new world translation of the bible um succeeded whoever we were just talking about mm -hmm. oh nathan succeeded nathan as the president in 1978 and he in uh, 1982 disfellowshipped his own nephew from the church oh wow uh frederick william franz died at age 99 in 1992 Ooh. Ooh. and was succeeded by uh, a man named milton henschel so Henschel was a longtime follower and a, a, a super, super public figure in the Jehovah's Witnesses. So he was he was like put on the Larry King talk show in the 60s. He would go on like radio on TV to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, okay. He was like there. Um, oh, what's his name? Mike from Scientology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, their spokesperson. Their, that guy. Representative, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he predicted that Jesus would come back in 1975. And so they were like, cool, he's probably the guy that... Uh, unfortunately remind didn't. me sam did that now okay. no so in the year in the year 2000 the governing body of the jehovah's witnesses was separated from the board of directors so this governing body directs six different committees um compromising of members along with helpers so the leader of the committee is the helper of the governing body they're not in the governing body but they oh, okay. have to talk to each other so these committees do like all the admin stuff so there's a division for personnel publishing evangelizing activity schools and assembly programs writing and then general like coordination movements. Yeah, okay. so the governing body directly appoints all the representatives of the headquarters the circuit overseers so like the regional managers um which are also called traveling overseers, and they also appoint the branch office committee members. God, it's quite a complex system, isn't it? it of is. Committees to people to committees to committees to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I thought I'd talk about this now, like in such an explicit way, so that we can kind of try and get our heads around it a little bit. Because then, when we get into talking about perhaps their like daily activities and things in a, in an in an upcoming episode, uh, this will hopefully give it a bit more context yeah. for us. So these changes in the year 2000 made the president position basically a title. It's no longer any, you don't longer describe, uh, decide any doctrine. The governing body are in charge. And the most recent presidents who were Don A. Adams from uh, 2000 to 2014 and the incumbent one, which is Robert Siranko, are just considered helpers of the governing body. Okay. And that's all I had planned for Ooh. today that kind of a rip roar through uh what what they how they yeah. formed but it's so interesting isn't it as a religious group that doesn't form that forms in a very particular way right mm. which is quite bureaucratic and yeah. quite you know and as you say sort of like a business but also sort of like i don't know it feels a bit like a 
like a society or club here, right? And mm. you have a, you might have a committee and then subcommittees and yeah, it's very yeah. interesting to see a religion that's forming in this very kind of bureaucratic committee, yeah, religious and something I financially, actually... you know, that finance and money is rooted right into it from the start. Yeah, like something I didn't actually look up was when they received tax exemption or anything like that, or if they have, or because they've gone from being an incorporated business, which would then have been paying tax to, did they? I don't know when. I th I'd, so here's my uninformed thing. Mm. I think the Jehovah's Witnesses are tax exempt, mm -hmm. but then like Watchtower Publications is a business, I think. That makes sense. I don't, that yeah. might be really wrong. Sorry, people do correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> uh, that Maybe that should be a disclaimer we put in our podcast description. <laughs> Asterisk, this might be really wrong. <laughs> I think that might be slightly problematic. But I think that's the <laughs> I think like there are bits of it that are a business and bits of it that are, mm. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's it. That's where JW cool. came from. So oh. Charles Taze Russell and Rutherford person. But it's amazing how this, you know, those ripples of that that one sort of split after Windy Miller mm -hmm. um, has led to so many, so many of the groups we've talked about, right? There are so many, as you were doing that list, I was like, oh, well, there, that other group we talked about was a splinter group of that group, or yeah. that group were a splinter group of that group that you've just uh -huh. mentioned. And, oh, we're um, going to do an episode about the Branch Davidians. Don't worry, we will. We'll get there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's coming, team. Um yeah that yeah this what these one little disagreements can suddenly spawn all of these little groups that then become very mm -hmm. i guess that forms part of the where we are talking about actual cults that forms that kind of protective us and them thing because it's been yeah. about well we're not those people we we're, we're right on yeah. this thing and we have to hold this safe. thing and we keep it safe them. from a schism yeah. again that must oh. have a big like psychological effect right that is a thing with schism he does like to chew the furniture <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pet dog listeners if you're not on patreon join so you can see if that was a real dog or not <laughs> you know i'm joking Ooh, what a mystery Ooh, it's just some um, excellent uh foley work there from john very nice Lovely. um that was cool sam thank you that was really interesting um, you're welcome it wasn't boring at all what a what an interesting way for a group to also, just if you've got when Jesus is coming back wrong once, just stop putting a date on it. It's like Harold camping again, isn't it? It's like, just don't, just, just say, say like, soon or say, time. yeah. Yeah, because that gives you like a good, depending on your age, I guess, gives you a good time, good amount of time in the future. And then if it doesn't happen in your lifetime, you died. So no one can hold you to it because you said, oh, in my lifetime, but I'm dead now. Oopsie. Join us next time for more cult leader tips with Sam <laughs> and John. I was just going to say, next time I'm just by myself. Oh, so, sad. <laughs> um, so coming up in our Jehovah's Witnesses uh, series, it's going to be a, a short series, but um, well, I guess longer than regular. It's going to be a series of a length. I'm tired and really hot now. Um, so we'll look a bit closer at like what the Jehovah's Witnesses look like now. Um, so you can look forward to... Uh, things like um, vows of poverty, insane property holdings, different businesses, and then we'll get into some of the doctrine and the like more loopy beliefs that we know that they have. And I um, think, I might regret saying this, but I think we're going to try and go to a Jehovah's Witness event at some point now that that's possible. We're going to try and yeah. give you a, a go of that, listeners. 
what do you wear? What can I wear? Surely I can't have just tattoos. Pink trousers. Pink trousers. Huh. I like, I'm not sure if I have any Jehovah's Witnesses suitable clothes. Because they're all like high necks and stuff, aren't they? We'll get into it in a future we'll episode. We'll find out, yeah. We'll Ooh. Um, but that's it. Thank you very much, listeners. We'll see you next time for more uh, Jehovah's Witness fun. Cool. Thank you, gang. Uh, a pleasure to be with you as always. Thank you, Sam. Um, and we will speak to you very, very soon. Uh, as always, you can contact us, coffeeandcults at gmail.com. You can find us on social media in different forms at Coffee and Cults. If you'd like to buy us a one-off coffee, you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults. And what if people want more contact? Contact contact. What if people want more content, Sam, or to see you trying to punch a fly or me doing an impression of a dog? What can people do then? You can join us on patreon.com forward slash coffee and cults, where we'll post video content from the episodes um, and some other fun bonus things as well. Uh, talk to our Patreons to find how much they love our sounds of the sexties and other fun things. Cool. Thank you very much, everyone. We love, we love you. you. Bye. We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. I found out that I was actually getting a two-inch by two-inch brand with a colorizing hand. We no longer under the laws of nature.